you are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Orioles fans. Happy home opening day and welcome back into the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am your host, Connor Newcomb, and today, of course, is exciting because the Orioles are playing back at Camden Yards in front of fans for the first time since the 2019 season. They are also in first place in the AL East after a 4-2 and road trip to Fenway Park and Yankee Stadium. And what a game it was last night for the Orioles to salvage Game 3 of the series against the Yankees, avoid the sweep, and go into their home opener in first place. So that's what's going to be going down on this episode. We're going to break down everything that happened in last night's wild 4-3 to win for the Orioles in 11 innings over the Yankees. And uh, talk about how much it meant to just see a game like that and see the Orioles come out on top. Then we'll do a little preview of Orioles home opening day against the Red Sox and the weekend series against Boston and uh, give some shout outs from last night's game as well. So that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me today. Again, that's later today, Thursday, if you're listening to this on time, after the Orioles home opener to break down all the action against the Red Sox. That's over at Locker Room. Changing the way we talk sports. So we want to look at everything that happened in the Orioles' 4-3 victory over the Yankees last night in 11 innings to take the final game of that series at Yankee Stadium. And really, of course, you know, you just look at everything that happened, uh, and you got to start with the Oriole offense because this is a game that the Orioles won last night really without much offense at all. They scored four runs on four hits. The Yankees had three runs on 13 hits. The Orioles' team expected batting average, 182 in the game. Yankees' team expected batting average, 315 in the game. And yet the Orioles got the big hits when they needed them. Again, only four of them in the whole game. And they won this ball game. You know, back in the fourth inning, they were basically looked like they were toast. Then Cedric Mullins and Anthony Santander, each hitting solo home runs for each of them, their first home runs of the season, both of them coming off of Yankee starter Jamison Tyon. And all of a sudden, the Orioles had a two to one lead. John Means, you know, did not have his best stuff, but he got the Orioles through four and two thirds. And then when the game was tied late, went into extra innings, and the Orioles got the runs home when they absolutely needed to. Now they got a little bit of help, of course, in the 10th inning uh, from a Glaber Torres error on a Pedro Severino ground ball to short with the runner on a third and two down. Uh, it would have ended the inning, kept it tied, uh, but the Orioles got the run. And, of course, Higashioka comes up with the big hit for the Yankees to tie it in the 10th. And then really, you know, the, the big hero who is kind of not being talked about in this game is Chance Sisko. Sisko comes off the bench as a pinch hitter. In the top of the 11th inning, with the game tied at three, he's got a runner on third base and one out in the inning. Of course, the, the runner started at second, and then Freddie Galvis put down a sack bunt to get Rio Ruiz over to third base. And Chance Sisko gets jammed on a pitch by Chad Green and just kind of flares one into shallow left field for a base hit. It scores Ruiz. The Orioles would end up loading the bases in the 11th, but wouldn't get any more runs. Uh, but it became a huge hit for Sisko as the Orioles would hold the lead in the bottom half and win the game. And kind of that's where we get to the bottom half of the 11th. Do not run 
on Anthony Santander. What a way for this game to end with the runner on third and one away against Paul Fry. DJ LeMayhew hits that line drive to right field. Santander makes the catch, fires a strike to home plate, no hops right on a line to Pedro Severino, who caught it and was basically there waiting for Gio Urshela to slide into home, tagged him right in the face, and that was a double play, 9-2 to two to end the game and give the Orioles the 4-3 to three win. I mean, what an exciting play to end the game. It was fantastic. Of course, kind of ruined uh, a little bit by the call of Scott Garceau on Masson, but that is a whole nother deal. Uh, but but what a play from Santander. And, and it was such a, a fitting ending, it felt like, for last night's game because of the two plays that allowed the Yankees to tie the game two separate times, once in the bottom of the eighth and then once again in the bottom of the tenth. You know, two different plays that were plays at the plate that were extremely close and Yankee base runners just barely uh, sliding in past a Severino tag. You know, you go to the bottom of the eighth with two down and Mike Talkman on first. Gio Urshela hits that double into the gap. Uh, bang, bang play at the plate. Talkman just gets his hand in safely to tie the game in the eighth. And then in the 10th with two down on the Higashioka RBI single that tied the game once again in the 10th. You know, bang, bang play at the plate with Tyler Wade. Santander made a really good throw to the plate on that play as well. And Wade just got his hand in there to tie the game at three. So it was seemingly fitting that there was another chance in the 11th for the Yankees to tie the game on what would have been a close play at the plate. But this time a strike from Santander and Urshela was dead out at home plate. And, and what a way. To end the ball game, of course, we saw the Orioles end the game on a play at the plate once last season. Remember that crazy relay in Buffalo against the Blue Jays? Jose Iglesias kind of cutting off the ball. Uh, such a heads-up play to even be there up the first baseline and fire home. And the Orioles get the final out of the plate in extra innings to beat the Blue Jays that day in 2020. And a similar ending here in 2021 to beat the Yankees and get to 4-2. and two. But... I mean, you got to talk about as well, kind of the just the development of Anthony Santander defensively. You know, he was seen as a below average defender. Then last year, he has that great year. He ends up a finalist for the AL Gold Glove in right field. And now, of course, he's got the strong arm. He's got good range and firing guys out at the plate. And what a great win for the Orioles. And, and of course, the big thing as well, you know, it snaps a 12 game losing streak that the Orioles had at Yankee Stadium. Uh, we know how much trouble the Orioles have had since this rebuild started in beating the Yankees and how much trouble their pitching staff has had against this vaunted Yankee offense. Uh, but great to kind of get that monkey off their backs and that franchise record 12 game losing streak at Yankee Stadium and uh, go into their home opener with a win. And the Orioles aren't even tied for the lead in first place uh, in the AL East right now. They are the only 4-2 and two team right now. Uh, the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Blue Jays all 3-3. Three and three, And the Rays are 2-4 and four so far on this very young 2021 season. So that's something to hold on to as well. Uh, but, but what a win. Fired up for that one. Uh, do not run on Anthony Santander. I think more teams are knowing that. It's great to see Santander uh, get the home run as well. He gets the double play. Uh, and it was huge because, you know, the Orioles did leave the bases loaded with one out in the top of the 11th. They could have really put that game away. They did not do so and, and left it to the bottom half with a runner on second and nobody out to start extra innings. And, you know, had to put a zero up. And after a Brett Gardner bunt, you know, it looked like LeMahieu was going to tie the game. But what a play by Santander. And what a win for the Orioles. But, of course, to win a game with just four hits and four runs, and to beat a team that has 13 hits and only hold them to three runs, you really have to get some good pitching. And that's what we're going to talk about coming up 
after the break. A combination of just some fantastic performances by Orioles pitching last night in a night where John Means started but really didn't have his A-plus stuff, how the Orioles' bullpen was able to keep them in this game and get them to this win. We'll talk about that coming up after this break. This episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting rooms for Locked On Orioles once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Orioles podcast through our Locker Room conversations. Be sure to join me this week. I'll be hosting a room today during the Orioles home opener against the Red Sox at some point late in the game. So go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. And follow me at Connor Newcomb to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live today, that's later today on Thursday, during the Orioles home opener against the Red Sox, probably sometime around 5 p.m. Eastern time. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Orioles and the home opener against the Red Sox. See you there on Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. And today's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by rockauto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use on other important things like a mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership when you could just go to rockauto.com? They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On Orioles in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com So I want to tell you about all the Orioles pitchers who were huge in the Orioles win at Yankee Stadium on Wednesday night. But first, got to tell you about a new podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It is the Locked On Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. So last night, I mean, what a win. And of course, the offense, four runs was enough, four hits was somehow enough, but it was really all about the pitching. And you know, things started in last night's game with, frankly, John Means, he was good, don't get me wrong, he was good. But he did not have the A++ stuff. We saw the A++ stuff in his opening day start against the Red Sox. Seven scoreless innings, one hit, five strikeouts in the Orioles' opening day win at Fenway Park. He still had the good stuff today, don't get me wrong. Called strike and whiff percentage of 32% on the day for John Means was very, very good. You know, anything over 30 is considered pretty good. Uh, again, that is the percentage of your pitches that you throw that are either called strikes or are swung at and missed by hitters. Pretty simple stat to put together, but really shows how much your stuff is working on the day and you know of his pitches 38 percent called strike and whiff percentage on the curveball 32 on the fastball he threw two sliders on the day 
and there were both of them were strikes. One was a called strike, one was a swing and a miss. So he got 100% on that one. Only 25% on his changeup, which is usually uh, the highest pitch as far as called strike and whiff percentage for means. He did hit 94 a couple of times on the fastball, so the velocity was a little tick up from the opening day start. But uh, the stuff was still really good, but he just wasn't putting hitters away as quickly as he did in Boston. That was really the the big difference for John Means is, you know, the pitch count got way further up than it did against the Red Sox, and he wasn't even able to get through five innings. You know, he threw 93 pitches last night, 58 strikes, four and two-thirds innings, just one earned run on seven hits, four Ks, and two walks for Means in his second start of the season. And and again, John Means was good. You know, all the stuff looked pretty good. You know, he threw, even threw in the slider a couple times, and it looked good. But the curveball, changeup, fastball, they all looked really good. Um, and again, he just wasn't getting ahead of guys. And, and I think the big thing was, you know, the Yankees just kind of fouled off some more pitches. I think than the Red Sox did and kind of got into that pitch count a little more. And I think later in the season, you know, obviously Brandon Hyde takes means out of the game with two on and two out in the fifth at 93 pitches later in the season means is definitely going to be allowed to at least try and finish that fifth inning, get out of his own mess, go up above a hundred pitches. But in just his second start, you know, you've got the bullpen fairly well rested. So the Orioles were uh, were able to get him out of there. But you got to really talk about what the Oriole bullpen did to keep the O's in that game last night. I mean, first it starts with Dylan Tate, who came in four means after the Giancarlo Stanton single, put two on with two out. He gets Clint Frazier to ground out, get out of the jam, keep the Orioles up two to one. Tate comes back out there in the sixth inning, does give up a Gary Sanchez double, but gets a couple of outs. And the Orioles turn it over to Tanner Scott to face Brett Gardner. You know, it was a little earlier then you would expect Tanner Scott into the game. Comes in with two outs in the sixth, but he goes, good morning, good afternoon, good night to Brett Gardner. Throws a pitch. Now, it came up as 100 miles an hour on the strikeout. It was a foul tip into the mid of Severino that struck out Gardner uh, with the runner on third and two down. Now, StatCast had it at 99.7 miles an hour, so said it didn't quite hit 100, but the roundup on the Yankee Stadium and Yankees broadcast had it at 100. Either way, 99.7 miles an hour, the hardest pitch Tanner Scott has thrown so far here in 2021, and uh, it was his hardest pitch since the 2019 season. So that a very good sign for the Orioles to see Tanner Scott almost touching 100 with that fastball and not just throwing hard, having command. It was on the corner. It got a swing and a miss, got a strikeout. That was really a, a huge play in this game. And then Tanner Scott's seventh inning comes back out there for the seventh. That's what I really want to talk about. I mean, you look at Tanner Scott and what he did in this game. I mean, it was fantastic. Got four huge outs for the Orioles in the sixth and the seventh. But, but what he was able to do with that slider was truly unbelievable. In the seventh inning, D.J. LeMahieu singles off him, and then Glaber Torres, you know, hits a ball pretty hard out to right field. Santander makes the catch, and there's one away. Then he's got Hicks and then Stanton, and he did get Glaber Torres to swing through one slider, but he strikes out Hicks on a high slider after kind of getting him on the down and in slider. He got a pitch on three and one that was probably ball four, got called a strike, a fastball off the outer half, then gets him to swing through a high slider, and then what he did to Stanton was remarkable. You know, you've got the, the go-ahead run in Giancarlo Stanton at the plate. He falls behind him 2-0 as a lefty. At that point, you're thinking, you know, does he just put him on and, you know, face Clint Frazier in the on-deck circle, try to get him out? No, Tanner Scott doesn't even attack the strike zone, but what he does is attack the weakness of Giancarlo Stanton, and that is those breaking pitches bearing in on him from lefties that he wants to hit 500 feet and just can't get to. Tanner Scott throws a good slider on the first pitch that's probably just missed the zone down and in. Could have been either way, striker ball. Stanton swings and misses. 
Then he goes, you know, way down and in. Stanton swings and misses at a back foot slider. Then he goes kind of in between on two and two. Definitely a ball, but a slider again down and in. Stanton whips on three straight sliders there. Scott gets the huge strikeout. That was, last night, the best I have ever seen. I have ever seen Tanner Scott pitch. He almost hits 100 with the fastball. He threw nine sliders last night. Nine sliders. Eight of them were swung at. Seven of those eight swings were swings and misses on the slider. That is an incredible stack. Called strike and whiff percentage of 78% on that pitch. He was at 52% for the day. Again, let me tell you that again. Nine sliders, eight of them were swung at. Seven of those swings were swings and misses by Yankee hitters. And the fastball averaged 97.5 miles per hour. And uh, he was throwing that thing well and almost touched 100. Tanner Scott was just fantastic in last night's game. So then the Orioles... Turn it over to Sean Armstrong in the eighth. Of course, he gets the first two outs, gets Bruce, and then uh, we know, or excuse me, he gets Frazier uh, to start the inning and then gets Bruce. And then, of course, we know what happened. Gary Sanchez has the ball to left field. Ryan Mountcastle should have caught it. He does not somehow. Sanchez thought it was going to be caught, didn't run, had to stop at first. They pinch run. Mike Talkman or Shella hits the ball to left in the gap. Close play at the plate. Talkman scores to tie the game. Uh, and then Cesar Valdez comes in the game, and uh, he's able to get LeMahieu to ground out to get out of a jam, keep it 2-2. Two to two. So again, Sean Armstrong, who gave up the grand slam earlier in the series, wasn't great, but but I got to say Armstrong looked a whole lot better. The cutter looked really good. Um, you know, he was running up there around 90 miles an hour, had good break to it. Uh, you know, he got a little unlucky that Mountcastle didn't make that catch, but Armstrong looked a whole lot more comfortable um, in his second appearance of the season. Then you had Cesar Valdez come in, throw in the, the dead fish. You know, he gets out of the eighth. Throws a scoreless ninth, and uh, you know he got those first two outs in the tenth. Frazier and Bruce strike out. Uh, you think he's going to get out of it, get the Orioles the win, but he gets behind Higashioka, who then dumps one into right field to tie the game. Uh, but then he struck out Urshela to keep that game tied, headed to the eleventh. And then you know Paul Fry wasn't great. He got the bunt and then the hit to right field. And of course you know that you know he he threw strikes to get the bunt. And then LeMahieu hits the ball to right. But what I got to say about Paul Fry is he threw strikes. He only threw seven pitches. All of them were in the strike zone. Seven pitches, seven strikes for Paul Fry. And, you know, he, he had really a lot of trouble with command and awful spring. I know he got hit hard on that LeMahieu ball, but he did his job through strikes and he ends up with the save. So uh, you got to give credit to all the Orioles relievers, but especially Tanner Scott, who was just incredible in last night's game. But we now move on to the Orioles playing the Red Sox and home opening day at Camden Yards. And coming up after the break, talk about a little bit, uh, you know, this series and this game against the Red Sox. Also give a little more shout outs to the Orioles from last night. And then finally, kind of what it'll mean to see some fans in the stands at Camden Yards. That's coming up after the break. Back to the Orioles talk in just a second. But first, got to tell you about betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Now you can bet on baseball now, Major League Baseball in full swing. You've got the NBA and the NHL. Their season's kind of winding down, getting closer and closer to the playoffs as well. But it's not just sports you can bet on over at betonline.ag. They also cover award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. They've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and best of all, it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. 
Again, that's promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So we'll get to some Orioles shout-outs in just a second, but first got to tell you about another podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. That is Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You can be a waiver wire winner with the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Follow Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So some shout-outs from last night. We talked about it on yesterday's episode. If you haven't gone back, go back and uh, listen to that one. Uh, but we're going to start doing this, you know, at the end of, of a mix of episodes here on the pod. Just give some shout-outs to some guys who, you know, maybe didn't get mentioned if we're recapping games. Or, you know, we're going to do it a lot. Maybe when the Orioles lose games, we don't exactly go in-depth into some games. Just some shout-outs to some guys who, who did some things well or, or played well or even coaches or, or other guys around the league. As well, and and from last night, I, I did want to shout out to Pedro Severino because you know we get on Pedro a lot for his pitch framing. It honestly looked a little bit better behind the dish last night, but also got a shout out to Pedro Severino for making a play happen. You know he's been hitting fairly well so far this season, but he did have an 0 for 4 at the dish last night. However, he kind of made a hustle play that allowed the Orioles to eventually stay and and win this game. Top of the 10th inning with the game tied at two and, and Severino up with a runner on third and two down. Needs to get him home to try and at least give the Orioles a one-run lead before they go to the bottom half of the inning and the runner starts at second for the Yankees. He hits a ground ball to short. Looks like a pretty easy play for Glaber Torres. Uh, you know, a catcher running should be an easy throw in and out. But Severino hustles right out of the box. He was booking it down the first baseline. Glaber Torres kind of noticed that too late, rushed the throw, bounced it. It skipped past Jay Bruce at first for the error and allowed the run to score. That was a huge run that put the Orioles up 3-2, to two, allowed them to give up a run in the bottom half and still stay alive, and then eventually score in the 11th and go on to win the game 4-3. to three. So big shout-out to Pedro Severino right there. And then the other shout-out's got to go to Brandon Hyde in this game because, you know, Ryan Mountcastle... You know, it was tough to watch him on that play in left field uh, that allowed the Yankees to tie the game in the eighth on a ball that should have been caught, would have been the third out, end of the inning, and should have been a 2-1 Oriole lead heading into the ninth. And, you know, you would think Valdez comes in in the ninth, locks it down, and the Orioles probably win the game in, in nine innings. But Brandon Hyde, after the game, talking about, you know, Ryan Mountcastle is still my left fielder. We're going to continue to let him develop out there because they think he can stick out there defensively for a long time for the Orioles. And shout out to Brandon Hyde for that. You know, not getting on Mountcastle too much. Of course, he knows Mountcastle still needs work defensively out there in left field, as we all do know. But shout out to Brandon Hyde for being behind his young left fielder, still kind of learning a new position. Uh, and that's the big part of this rebuild as well. Even when things are going wrong for these guys who are part of your future, you stick behind them, you keep putting them in those situations where they can learn. So they're better when it comes time to win again for the Orioles. But despite the excitement of last night's win, it is over. The Orioles are 4-2, and two, and now they open up their home schedule against the 3-3 three three Boston Red Sox. A 3.05 Eastern time start on Masson for the Orioles' home opener back at Camden Yards. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's going to be some fans in the ballpark uh, as well for the Orioles. Again, very limited capacity at Oriole Park today uh, and for the first part of the season, but there will be fans back at Camden Yards for the first time since 2019, which as long as it's all done safely, uh, will be good to see, but we'll kind of get some reports on, you know, I won't be there today, but we'll kind of see how it went and talk about that on tomorrow's episode. But in game one of this series for the home opener, uh, who would have thought, you know, five, four, three years ago, a, a year ago, three months ago, 
that uh, the Orioles' 2021 home opener on the mound for the O's would be Matt Harvey. But that is where we at in this 2021 Orioles season. Harvey gets the start, and it is good for him. You know, it'll be a second straight start against the Red Sox. Now, you know, we will take what the Orioles got out of Matt Harvey his last time out. Started the second game of the season uh, against the Red Sox at Fenway Park back on Saturday. And, you know, he was able to get through four and two-thirds innings in that one. Allowed two runs on six hits, four Ks and a walk. Adam Pletko came in and kind of bridged the gap, got a big out to end the fifth with two guys on, and then bridged the gap to the back end of the Oriole bullpen in that 4-2 to two victory for the O's on Saturday. The issue today is, you know, you're going to take most times, Matt Harvey giving you, you know, maybe five innings. The issue today is the Orioles might need six or seven out of Matt Harvey because, you know, the bullpen was obviously stretched out in the game last night. You would have to think Cesar Valdez, you know, threw about 40 pitches. He's not going to be available for this home opener. Uh, Tanner Scott threw a good amount of pitches. Dylan Tate threw a good amount. You know, you could see one of them, but in more of a limited role, neither of them going to be able to get you more than one inning probably. Um, So, you know, you're going to rely on some other guys. And even a guy like Adam Pletko, who kind of bridged the gap for Harvey last time, you know, he pitched pretty well out of the Oriole bullpen on Tuesday going multiple innings. So how available would he really be? And that kind of leaves you with, you know, Wade LeBlanc, Max Soroller, and Tyler Wells as kind of your guys out of the bullpen who can be stretched out. And those, you know, even though Sorollers looked good early, those are your three least reliable relievers right now in the Oriole bullpen. And those are kind of the guys who are most rested and most ready to go, especially if the Orioles need some sort of bridge guy out of the bullpen. So expect to see, you know, maybe if Harvey doesn't get deep, deep into the game, could see all three of LeBlanc, Wells, and Soroller today, especially uh, with the day off Friday to get the bullpen kind of ready to go for Saturday, uh, but might need a little bit more out of Matt Harvey in this one. On the other side, it is Eduardo Rodriguez. Cool story for him. He will make his 2021 Debut with the Red Sox was supposed to start opening day, but then got put on the IL with a little bit of arm soreness, but he is ready to go for today, uh, starting his season a week later. Of course, the 28-year-old left-hander, who actually turned 28 yesterday, so he gets to pitch a day after his birthday, of course, was a former Orioles prospect, was traded to the Red Sox at the deadline in 2014 uh, for the left-handed reliever Andrew Miller. And, uh, you know, Rodriguez has been pretty good since coming up to the Red Sox. You know, career 4.03 ERA in 122 starts, about 700 MLB innings for him since getting called up in 2015. But the cool part of this story is, you know, of course, the return of Eduardo Rodriguez. And, you know, he was diagnosed with COVID-19, tested positive. Uh, the disease hit him, the, you know, the, the virus hit him pretty hard last year. Uh, and he developed myocarditis because of that COVID-19 and, uh, you know, an issue with his heart and had to sit out the entire 2020 season. That was really scary for him, his family, for the Red Sox, uh, but just very happy to see Eduardo Rodriguez back on the mound today. Of course, back against the Orioles, who he's faced plenty of times, uh, but of course the team that he spent uh, a lot of his minor league career with before being traded to the Red Sox. But, you know, it will be great to see Eduardo Rodriguez back out on the mound. We'll get to see him for the first time since 2019. Hopefully the Orioles can get to him early uh, with some right-handed bats in the lineup, but uh, definitely good to see him back out there after a scary, scary time with his health. For Rodriguez, it'll be his 18th career start against the Orioles. He has a 3.24 career ERA against Baltimore in just about 103 innings in his career against his former team. 
But of course, won't be the only awesome moment today. Of course, when we see Trey Mancini running down that orange carpet, getting that first A-B in front of Oriole fans at Camden Yards for his first time back at Camden Yards since 2019, that is going to be a special, special moment at the ballpark today. But can't wait to watch that if you're listening on time. Either way, we will be back with you tomorrow for a final episode of the week to recap what happened on the Orioles' home opener and look ahead to the rest of the series this weekend against the Red Sox. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.